Welcome to Massive Late Fee. And now your hosts, Mark and Carol. Well, hello everyone. Welcome back to Massive Late Fee. My name is Mark. With me as always is my tired girlfriend, Carol. How are you doing today, Carol? Hey, what's up? Not much. It's been a good week here. It is November 22nd, 1997, and we're almost to Thanksgiving. Yeah, we are. We just went into our grocery shopping I know. Thanksgiving. Hence the tiredness. It has been a busy, busy week for us. Oh, my goodness. So if it's a little low energy this week, uh, forgive us. <laughs> Have mercy on us. I'm sure that that everyone else is a little low energy right now, too, because you're getting your Thanksgiving grocery shopping done like we did. You're getting your Christmas presents shopping started, waiting for those Black Friday deals. Putting up the tree. Oh, yeah, we got to put up our tree soon. Yep. The first Noel. It's exciting, though, because it's our first uh, Christmas in our new place together. That's true. Our first Christmas in our new place together. Oh, where does the time go, Carol? (laughs) Can you imagine? We've been doing this show for almost four full years. That's so crazy. It is crazy. But you know what else is crazy? What? Jerry Bruckheimer... Taking his talents to television, Carol. Who the hell is that? You don't know Jerry Bruckheimer? No. He is an action movie producer. He he produced that um, The Rock movie. We saw it, you know. Yeah. And uh, a bunch of other ones. He does action movie things like that. Uh, So uh, this says, your mission, should you decide to accept it, is to sink into the couch click the remote, and assess whether action movie thrills can move to the small screen in Soldier of Fortune Incorporated. Okay. So are you you interested in Soldier of Fortune Incorporated? Uh, probably not. What do you think? It's a Jerry Bruckheimer-produced action television show. Yeah, it does not sound great to me because a soldier movie sounds boring, and this is a show which is even more boring. (sighs) It's going to be on the WB. But maybe we'll check it out. Who knows? The maybe one. it'll be awesome. You think so? No. <laughs> I'm trying to see if I can get any details on who's in it. Because that, that that plays a role. If it's, It does make a difference. If it's sure. Scott Bakula. Uh, producer Jerry Bruckheimer, who joined the late Don Simpson. What is going on? What do you mean? This fucking newspaper keeps... Blowing like there's oh it, I think it's from the the register the heat it keeps going away on me it's pissing me off oh no anyway uh, he joined with the late Don Don Simpson to make crowd pleasers like Top Gun and Beverly Hills Cop oh Beverly Hills Cop's awesome yeah it is Top Gun's a decent movie too I think it's a good recruiting tool for the Navy uh. He's taken his actions to television in a new syndicated series. Bruckheimer's TV rucksack is packed with all the high-tech gizmos, technical digital gadgetry, and Tom Clancy-style artillery that an audience might see on the big screens. Okay. He also recruited a great cast led by Brad Johnson. You know Brad Johnson. I do not. 
<laughs> what a fucking generic name for an actor. Right? Like, you couldn't come up with anything better when you were registering with uh, the Screen Actors Guild? Star of Flight of the Intruder. Never heard of it. And Rough Riders. Is that a porn? Or is that, <laughs> or is that about, uh, uh, what's his name? T- Teddy Roosevelt. Jeez. It's the kind of tough, or a porn about Teddy Roosevelt. Oh, my God. It's the kind of tough but tender team. Well, there you go. Tough but tender team that made the Mission Impossible series. Such a long, such long running fun. I mean, I guess Jerry Bruckheimer wasn't involved in the 1960s uh, television show Mission Impossible. Right. The show's idea came to Bruckheimer as a title. It occurred to me it would be a great title for an action series. (laughs) Holy shit. That is maybe not the best origin story for your your television show. Right. I thought of the title, title Soldier of Fortune Incorporated, <laughs> which, by the way, is not the best title in the world no. either. Soldier of Fortune. Why is it incorporated? Like, that's fucked up. That's weird. I, I assume like it. that it's like he's selling his service. I mean, that's what a Soldier of Fortune does anyway. It's kind of, sort of redundant. But I guess he, it's too... He's, he's created an LLC. <laughs> he's registered with Lara or, or whatever... Your state's uh, whatever corporation arm is. And uh, he's created an LLC. Okay. Soldier of Fortune Incorporated. You know, you can't use the word trust in an LLC. Interesting. I think it has to do with banking and stuff like that, like okay. trusts and everything. But you can't, you can't. I thought about forming an LLC for mm-hmm. these tapes that we put out. <laughs> But you can't have the word trust in it, I discovered. That's weird. You know what else you can't have? Actually, you know what you can have now? Mm. You can have new musical scenes in classic films, Carol. Tell me all about it, Mark. AMC, or American Movie Classics, debuts musical scenes snipped out of classic films. A vocal minority insists that MGM's much-beloved musicals, which became the subject of three theatrically released That's Entertainment compilations, were inferior to 20th Century Fox's musicals of the same golden period. Hmm. Now there's a collection of lost scenes from the Fox films that will provide more ammunition for their fans. Hidden Hollywood, colon, treasures from the 20th Century Fox film vaults, Hosted by one-time Fox contract player Joan Collins. Makes its debut Tuesday on American Movie Classics Cable. What do you think? Um, not my cup of tea. But M- Most of the numbers that ended up on the cutting room floor were cut because the movies were running too long. So essentially what this is, is AMC's like, hey, we found a bunch of stuff edited out of these movies. You want to see it? <laughs> you want to see the stuff that they thought was not good enough to make the final film? Yeah, it doesn't sound um, awesome. It seems like reaching for for content to me. Yeah. Don't you think? Like, yeah. It's, it's lazy. Crazy. Instead of making up something new, they're just giving us their leftover garbage. Yeah. Well, speaking of lazy and leftover garbage... The movie and no and stuff <laughs> and stuff that's the same as always. Uh, I decided, Carol, that I only had the two news stories and they weren't what I would call scintillating. 
And I think that you need a little pick me up, which I'm going to provide in the way of massive love. Yeah. Yay! I love massive love. It makes me happy. You sure you're not too tired to do this? Uh, yeah, I can get it up for massive love. <laughs> I can't imagine we're going to have a lot to say about the movie. Spoilers, oh. everyone. But I have things. I have things to say. All right, first one, Carol. Are you feminine? Yes. Demure? No. Fit? Free to travel? No. Unemployed okay? Lazy not. <laughs> like togetherness? Sure. Yes. <laughs> this tall, divorced, white male, 48... Wants to hear from you. This is a fucking weird one. Yeah. Are you feminine? And there's no question mark after that, by the way. Are you feminine, comma, demure? Question mark. Feminine, demure. Yeah, They're like, not the same. No, they're not at all. And, and then he, he goes on to ask a bunch of different questions. So they should be separate questions. Are you feminine, demure, fit, which no question, fit, comma, free to travel, Question mark. Unrelated things. And then in after, this is grammatically, this is a nightmare. <laughs> after the f- uh, fit, comma, free to travel, question mark, he starts the next sentence in parentheticals. Okay. Parenthetical, unemployed, okay, comma, lazy, not, end parenthetical, then a period. Holy shit. You don't, if it's one complete sentence, it doesn't need to be set off by a parenthetical notation. Wow. And and the whole thing's not parenthetical anyway, really. Like There's like a little vein throbbing in his forehead right now. <laughs> this is what happens with grammar. Like I really don't think that uh, Massive Love is meant to be edited with a red pen though. This should be this should be set off by hyphens in another sentence. Like togetherness, question mark. And then, yes, question mark. What is that? I don't know. What if they, uh, you, you don't know what they're going to say. It's <laughs> not like press this for yes. This tall, divorced white male, 48, wants to hear from you. But you don't. What do you so think? I'm not demure. Are you free to I'm travel? I'm not fit. What do you, you're fit. What do you, th- what do you, not what, free what do you, to travel. What do you, what do you think he means free to travel? Well, you're not traveling away from me. <laughs> no. Um, I'm guessing that he wants somebody who is unattached that he can like take away for like the weekend or whatever. You know? Is that it? Free to travel? I have a paneled van. <laughs> Holy shit. That is weird. How about this one, Carol? 39-year-old married black female seeking 39-year-old. Has to be exactly 39 years old. That's weird. White female. Must be open and honest for friendship and outings. (laughs) And I'll tell you what, uh, Miss 39-year-old black female. (laughs) Saying must be open to friendship and outings is the whitest thing you've ever said. <laughs> and I don't even know you. But that's that's some middle-aged white woman shit right there. Are you free for outings? Well, and I mean, think about the other way outings could be used, though. Oh. Oh, no. Yeah, they're, they're outing themselves. In Are themselves? You, you free to come out and uh, make out? What or? is... 
<laughs> what would that be then? Like multiple outings. So like <laughs> free to we're going to go together to like a mall or something like that and just scream that we're lesbians. <laughs> we're gay. Okay. Maybe they'll hold hands and skip through the mall. Who knows? They'll go to funerals and just proclaim it. Okay. That's that. That's what I. That's what I uh, imagine outings are. Just gay people going to random events and and proclaiming that they're. What gay. is happening right now? Well, because it's just weird. F- free for outings, and you're like, I don't know. I don't know. It, outings. It makes me think of like field trips when you're a little kid. Well, what it, it makes me feel like running to the store for like bread. Or something. That's like an errand. Well, it's what's different. an outing? A fun time. Like a day trip to the cider mill? Sure. <laughs> uh, I should say free for friendship and softball. Free for uh, friendship and trips to Vermont. I think, it, yeah, there you go. I think it's funny that she's a 39-year-old black. She wants she wants her, her opposite. <laughs> she wants her mirror opposite. She's a 39-year-old black female, and she wants an exactly 39-year-old white female. It's weird. It is weird to be so specific. She's just a fan of Oreo cookies, I guess. Wow. (laughs) All right. How about this one, Carol? Mm. Tall, lipstick lesbian. Okay. You intrigued so far? I am. Tall, lipstick lesbian, full-figured. Okay. Seeks very attractive, very feminine female. Uh, prefer tall. So you don't usually see that kind of pairing. Preferably tall, full-figured, welcome, all calls answered, age race open. You're not tall. You're you're a you're a very short lady. What me? Yeah, but yes, you're you're. Under I am very five short. Feet tall. Um, but I mean, like lipstick lesbians are typically paired with butch lesbians. You don't usually see them together. And she she's basically a- asking for another lipstick lesbian. Yeah, she wants another. She wants herself. <laughs> There's a lot Much of, like you, she wants to have sex with herself. I do not want to have sex with myself. But girls that look like you and act like you. you, you I mean, I am good in bed. Yeah. Right? So, I mean, it, 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 I could do worse. That's all I'm saying. Than yourself? Yes. I agree. You could <laughs> do worse. But unfortunately, tall lipstick lesbian, we're not going to have any fun because my girl is uh, short. Right? So. So sad. De- tall is a nebulous term. True. Define tall. But I mean, no matter what your definition, I know I'm not it. Well, that's that's true. But I mean, I think to me, tall is like 5'5 five, five for a girl, maybe 5'6. Yeah, yeah. Well, maybe I think 5'7 kind of starts tall Okay. for a girl. How about this, Carol? <clears throat> this one's a little long, all right? Mm-hmm. Nirvana. Okay. You are consumed with men. And you are fascinated fascinated with the event. It is literally awesome. Wow, you are so private with your dark side because you are afraid with your public. What the fuck is happening? But to be unfulfilled in life is a wasted life. I am like you. No, you're not. Cons- you're scary. Conservative style? Important public, but consumed but but consumed by your quivering. What is happening? I am married, white male. How did that happen? Thirty six. 
seeking an adjusted woman to play. What? But hide. Call me now. What? You're not adjusted, sir. You're fucked in the head. What kind of drugs was he on when he was writing this? His poor wife. Seriously, this is a long, long, and I love that he's, uh, so he's a white, a married white male, 36. Looking for a woman to play with and hide. What do you want, Polly Pocket? (laughs) What is wrong with this guy? I'm going to read this one more time because I think it's just so good. I don't think English is his first language. I would hope not. Nirvana, period. So that's how we'll start, I guess. You are, is he talking about the state or is he to the state of Nirvana or is he talking about the band? I think he's talking about the state of Nirvana. Like that's what he's looking for or offering or something like that. Like, are you Buddhist? You are consumed with men. I assume that he means there are a lot of men around like like he's describing something. There's a lot of men around you, you know, like men are always after you and stuff. Consumed's not the right word, but Maybe he's describing a woman he saw and he wants her to answer his ad. Ooh. You are consumed with men. <laughs> You're eaten with men. <laughs> Can I have a, a lady and a side of men? Uh and you are fascinated with the event. What event? I don't know. It must be sex. I'm just it assuming. Is never explained. It is literally awesome. Did that sentence need to exist in this? No. I mean, obviously, money is no object here. Wow. You are so (laughs) private with your... Wow. (laughs) Christopher Walken. Wow, you're so private with your doxa. What is happening? Because you are afraid with your public. Like she's a celebrity? It's like somebody took the words and put them in a blender and then just spit them back out. Exactly. But to be unfulfilled in life is a wasted life. I am like you. No. Colon. Conservative style. Important public. I don't know what that means. But consumed by your quivering. That's so gross. I am married, white male, 36, seeking an adjusted woman. To play, but hide. Call me now. Maybe one of the most deeply unhinged things I've ever read. (laughs) Right? This was a fucked up one. Yeah. I'm I'm really concerned. Please seek some counseling, sir. Nobody, nobody answer that. And nobody will. I mean. Fuck no. It just, it really seems like a drug induced thing. Like. Yeah, I don't know. It, yeah, it seems like a, a train spotting thing. <laughs> Hi, everybody. It's your favorite podcasters, Mark and Carol from Retro Leafy Podcast. Hey, what's up? We're uh, just popping in here real quick to let you know about our Patreon, patreon.com slash Retro Fee. Do you love Retro Fee and just wish there was always more? Because there is more over there. We've got... Back into the Future, where we talk about regular stuff from nowadays. Right. We've, we've got Lost in Time, where we go, we appear anywhere in time in one year. Yeah. Maybe one we'll d- do Shakespeare someday. One day, <laughs> exactly. One day, one year, and we record our thoughts on that, like it's the regular podcast. Uh, and as a special for you guys, 
if we get 100 Patreon list or uh, subscribers, Patreon subscribers, Carol, tell them what they'll get. So some of you have asked about bringing back the mixtape. The mixtape is where we talk about music that's popular 25 years ago. Correct. And it was actually one of my favorite segments to make. So I would love it if you guys would subscribe so we can make it again. Yeah. If we get 100 Patreon subscribers, we will bring back the mixtape. So go to patreon.com slash retro late fee. Help support us and this uh, beautiful creation that we put out for you every week. So we can keep making more and more episodes. Soon it'll be every day. All right. Now back to your regularly scheduled program. Later. I don't know. But speaking of something that the person who wrote it was probably on drugs, uh, we watched The Rainmaker. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I wouldn't go so far as to say they were probably on drugs because it would have been a lot, a lot more interesting if they were. If, if, uh, if a coma were a movie, <laughs> it would be this movie. I mean, this is a movie that contains... Infidelity and murder and like intrigue of sorts, mm-hmm. but there's no feeling to it. There's, I mean, like you, I almost no. fell asleep. This was directed by Francis Ford Coppola, who directed the fucking Godfather. Yeah, no, I mean, there's nobody involved in this that that is like bad, but they did something bad when they got together. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's, and there are some, there are some shots in this that are Coppola style that are great. Like, uh, when they first, so if you haven't heard of it, the rain to maker, it's a John Grisham, uh, a John Grisham book that they turned into a movie. And it's, you know, it's a, it's a lawyer on his own. And you know what this, you know what this reminded me of, or what this made me think of? What? It's like someone played John Grisham Mad Libs, <laughs> okay. and this movie came out, <laughs> where it was like, okay, uh, so you've got a uh, uh, you've got a young lawyer. <laughs> um, he has a uh, okay. How about uh, a, a older partner who doesn't have his law license? Um, they're on their own against a. Uh, insurance company and it's like you know it's it's that's what it is it's like they just filled in blanks yeah and made a a really boring film yeah i mean and it's long too it's not it doesn't just feel long it is long it's more than two hours yeah but i mean it's more than two hours Mm. and that's time we're never getting back and now we have to spend time (laughs) talking about it too like oh my see what we do for you guys (laughs) But like I was saying early, so the, the basic setup for this movie, and you don't need to go see this movie. Do and not you go see it. And you don't have to worry about spoilers or anything like that. Just, you know, you can listen to this and pretend you saw it. And if anyone ever asks you, if any boring fucking white person ever walks up to you at a party, well, I mean, the, she made a face when I said white person. But it's like, it's a John Grisham movie. It's not like, it's not like a lot of black people are going to be like, ooh, the next John Grisham film. Like... They care about more cool things than that. Um, what? Why are you fluttering your eyes at me? <laughs> Just stop talking. Anyway, it didn't. It wouldn't be so bad if you hadn't made all your faces. 
they uh what was I saying? I don't know. Threw me. Oh yeah, oh. if some boring person there you go. walks up to you at a party <laughs> and asks you about this movie, you can you can pretend like you saw it based on what we tell you. There you go. The basic plot of this is that uh what's his name? He was in Mystic Pizza. Matt Damon. Matt Damon is in this movie and he just he's just gotten out of law school. He hasn't quite passed the bar yet when the movie starts. Right. The movie's so long that actually he was starting law school when the movie <laughs> started. And he passes the bar about uh, a third of the way through no. the movie. <laughs> um, but he goes to work for some dude named Bruiser, who has a very interesting law firm where he's like, you find clients essentially going to the... Uh, going to the hospital to find, like, ambulance chasing. Yeah. You go and find clients, you get a third of whatever they they take that's yours. And that's it. And you're kind of on your own. Like, it's like you're freelancing, but you've got him behind you. And I think he needed him because he hadn't passed the bar yet. And, right. Um, and he didn't have his law license yet. Right. So he needed to have an actual lawyer back him up right that makes sense to like sign off on his things but the weird thing is we never see he never takes on any clients when he goes to the hospital like he he finds claire danes there yeah but she's not a client but she's not really a client the three clients that he has or the the two major clients that he has the one with the will the old woman whose will he's he's writing. Who it turns out has no money. Right. And the family whose son has leukemia, which is the main story of the right. movie. He found them both before the movie started. Yeah. We don't even get to see him find or discover these clients. We're just told that he met them at some kind of, it was like a law seminar or something like that at, at Memphis State University where he where he went to school. It was like, it sounded like a thing where people that maybe didn't have a lot of money or people who were unfamiliar with, you know, lawyers didn't have a lawyer would come to talk to students and kind of form relationships. Sure. With them. That's, that's what it made it sound like. I mean, you know, thank you for filling that in with your speculation, but like, it doesn't tell us. And like, it's kind of confusing in that. But. Yeah. And it does. And like I said, it's, it's a major plot point, mm-hmm. him finding, especially, the the older woman is not that big of a deal. Like discovering, she's a uh, bigger deal in the plot. But discovering her as a client's not that big of a deal. But discovering the major case against the insurance company that's a big deal. But wait a minute, he didn't discover the major case, did he? He yeah. did. You're right. He did. Yeah, he but- said he did. But then they, uh, his bruiser, the lawyer, hooks him up with Danny DeVito. And because he's like, he used to work for the insurance company, so I have him review all the insurance cases. Okay. That's how they got hooked up. Okay. But, I mean, like, when Bruiser got arrested or whatever, and then they went into court to try this case, it was a big problem that Bruiser wasn't there, and then they had to, like, swear him in and all that? Like, Yeah, well, what happened was, yeah, so Bruiser got arrested by the FBI, and... Prior to that, they're at lunch and everything. Bruiser's like, hey, you know, you guys have been doing great lately. Apparently, Matt Damon has been getting clients. We just don't see any of this at all. 
And he's like, I'm giving you guys a bonus $5,000 each. And they know that he's going to get arrested soon. So Danny DeVito suggests that he and Matt Damon Damon go into business together. They get a, uh, a office and they practice law together. Right. And they get, and he's like, get, you know, your clients. Get your files and get them out of there. And so those were the two files that he grabbed, basically. It was very smart, though, because then the next day the FBI was there and they would have lost all their files. So then they go into court against John Voight, <laughs> who is such a dick in real life that it's it's very believable for him to play an asshole lawyer in this. He's so ugly, too. I mean, I, I realize that's kind of mean and, like, kicking somebody when they're down, but he is. And he's, I mean, he's just weird looking. Like, he doesn't even look real. Like, it looks like his face is made out of, like, Play-Doh or something, you know? Like, I, I don't he know. He does kind of. He has, he has very large lips for a man. It's weird. And, yeah, he's he's sort of he's sort of odd-looking. But he's, I'm not going to get into it, but I've read some interviews from him and stuff like that. He doesn't seem like a cool guy. Anyway, uh, so this is one of the cool shots, though. They're in there. Bruiser's been taken away by the FBI or whatever. Actually, actually we never see him. And we know he later we know he's not taken away by the FBI. So he must have got out while the getting was good too. Right. But he's not there because obviously the FBI is looking for him. Dean Stockwell from Quantum Leap is the judge. Yeah. <laughs> and he's coughing and everything. He's got this raspy voice because he's a big fan of the tobacco lobby, uh, <laughs> according to Danny DeVito. But the shot the way they shoot the judge from a very low angle. It's very low and almost a Dutch angle up at the judge. And it really, it blows him up, makes him look big, powerful, and like off kilter, not quite normal. Right. It's a really, it's a really sharp angle that they're shooting it at. And then when they shoot the rest of them, the rest of the courtroom scene, it's shot normal. And the contrast between those two things, going back and forth with the judge talk, Gene, Dean Stockwell talking, and them talking, it's a really cool shot. It kind of, it really gives you that feeling of, like, this guy is, one, in charge, and two, we shouldn't really like or trust him that, <laughs> right. that much. And so what happens is... is uh Matt Damon's like, well, I don't know where he is, uh, but this is my case. I can try it. I'm prepared to try it. And Dean Zockwell's like, you don't even have a license. He's like, leave. Go get a license, then you can come back. And John Voight, who smells blood in the water, is like, nah, this young man, we can can swear him in. I'll I'll stand for him. Everything's okay. And then he just swears. So Dean Zockwell just swears him in, and I guess that, that... counts as him getting his law license he's passed his bar he's graduated so i guess that's all it takes i don't know enough about the law to know if that's accurate or not i will say the one thing this movie did well is this movie uh for legal accuracy is is really good some of the best i've seen but like you said yesterday uh (laughs) it's just as boring as a real court correct but yeah, I mean, they don't just go up to the witness and everything. They ask the judge every time if they may approach the witness, right. which is absolutely procedure. Um, yeah, all these things that happen in, in uh, courtroom movies usually is because it's easier to 
block the scenes and it's more cinematic and just looks cooler if if a lawyer's like pacing in front of the the witness and stuff like that but that doesn't happen in real trials yeah you the well which is the area between the desks and the witness uh, stand and the and the judge's uh you know the judge's chair and everything that that's called the well and that's like a no go zone unless you ask specifically for permission to go in there but yeah so anyway um they uh they get one of the back chambers and Voigt offers him like i think it's $150,000 i think it's 75,000 oh maybe the first time but at some point yeah. it's 150,000 yeah 75,000 initially and because I guess that's the that's what they the company figures the cost would be to litigate this. Yeah. For them. So real quick, though, what they're offering this for is this family's oh, yeah. son has leukemia. Correct. The 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 hot boy from Bye Bye Love, the one that all the <laughs> girls who worked at McDonald's. Right. right. With the guy from St. Elsewhere. But he there's some kind of bone marrow transplant that they think would help him. Right. And um, the com- the insurance company refuses to pay for it, saying that it would be an experimental procedure, which is bullshit because that's a pretty standard procedure for for specifically leukemia now. Right. So yeah, so they offer them this deal of seventy five thousand mm-hmm. dollars, which they don't take. No, and the judge is like, "Oh, you should take that and everything." And he comes out. Damon comes out, and he's all like, "It was a setup. They they tag teamed me." Mm. Which is like it all sounds horrible, and then eventually, what happens is I'm not going through the whole movie. Mm-mm. It would be way too boring. But eventually, what happens is they, and this is the other thing. The other thing that's really fucked up about this movie, Carol, mm-hmm. nothing gets accomplished, or almost nothing gets accomplished. They they litigate this right. Eventually, and they offer them the John Voigt's people bug his the his office and yeah. everything. They do so many illegal things. It's bad. well, yeah. I mean, hello, I mean, look look at the insurance company, what they do. Right. It comes out. He finds through detective work and everything. Although we don't get to see the detective work. No. All just all of a sudden, Danny DeVito showing up at a hospital, getting this woman to testify. Right. It's 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 very slipshod. It, it all takes a backseat to the to the subplot with the abused woman, which is an interesting movie in its own right. Yeah, I would have liked that movie better. But it's it's too shoehorned into this plot. These are two A stories that shouldn't exist in the same movie, I yeah. don't think. But anyway, uh, so yeah, he just shows up there and, and grabs her and everything. And she testifies to the fact that essentially... This insurance company's practice is always deny. It doesn't matter. Don't even review it. Just deny it, the claim. And then it gets passed to other departments, and they they all deny it. And they eventually want you to just give up. Right. That's there. They just want to take your money. They don't want to pay out anything. This particular person, they had denied the claim. It was the eighth time and yeah. they wrote her a letter saying we've denied your claim eight times you must be stupid 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 yeah like who does that 
that that's not no insurance. That's the most unrealistic part of the whole fucking movie. Yeah. That somebody who works at a, a company and does business would do that. Yeah, they make this company cartoonishly evil. Right. Insurance companies are bastards enough as it is. Right. You don't really need to play that up. But so they they figure this out. They discover it and everything. The jury awards them fifty million dollars in damages. Now at this point, the the guy with leukemia has died. Yeah. Unfortunately. So. And so we're thinking like, yay, they they did it. They won the case. 50 million bucks. They get a third of that. So they're going to be able to <clears throat> to use that money not only to live on, but to build up their practice and help more people and everything. Right. Turns out the they're insurance not. company doesn't have doesn't have any money, really. Yeah. They have to file for bankruptcy. They're never going to see a dime of that money. And it was all for nothing. Well, except here's the thing is the family of this guy didn't want the money to begin with. Right. They just they wanted them to pay for what they did and they were going to donate the money to the Leukemia Foundation or whatever. Right. So they're just as happy to have put the company out of business. Yeah. I, I This is probably even a bigger victory for them than just the money. Right. The fact that this company is now destroyed. Yeah. As it should be. Yeah. Like that's that that's a bigger victory for them. But but then. These two guys don't get to help more people, for one. And then, two, he's just like, every lawyer in the country is talking about me. I think I'll go to teach. Yeah. He's like, he didn't like it. He doesn't like being a lawyer because they're all, like, slimy or whatever. But you weren't. Right. You can't help change the the system by fighting the good fight. I guess not. Sounds too hard for him. Apparently, everyone who has morals should just go into teaching. But that just leaves more snakes for the fucking pit. Right. Like, don't you think if, if other people had thought like you decided to stick it out with the law that there would be more good lawyers out there? You would think. Ridiculous, Matt Damon. So the more interesting story, in my opinion, was... Oh, for sure. The, 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 it's so, it sucks because... A courtroom drama like I like courtroom dramas for the most part, mm-hmm. and a courtroom drama like this with a with a big insurance company, uh, you know, trying to squish the, this family and everything with a surprise Roy Scheider cameo as the CEO at the end. You know, the guy from Jaws. Mm-hmm. Uh, it sounds like it would be a great movie, but it's just boring. Yeah, but his his interactions with Claire Danes were kind of interesting. She is an abused woman and he's supposed to be trying to sign her as a client, but instead he just, you know, gets enamored with her and mm. wants to help her and wants to have sex with her. Yeah. Basically wants to say <laughs> want, he wants to save her because his mother was an abused woman. Yeah. I'll tell you, I'll tell you a big part of what helped save this. I love Danny DeVito mm-hmm. with, you know, like I love him so oh, yeah. much, you know, absolutely great guy. And this Matt, Damon seems like a good actor and everything, and there's John Voight, asshole, whatever, but still kind of a good actor. Claire Danes might be, and I'm I'm almost positive she is, the best actor in this movie. Yeah. And I think that helps it a lot because she's so good in these, these she doesn't get a ton of scenes, but in these small interacting scenes with with Damon in the hospital and then 
uh, you know, in the movie theater at the jewelry store that she works at. She's so fucking good as an actress. And she very believably plays an abused woman without going to any cliches, without going. It's a very understated performance, but it's so authentic to this character. She does. She does a great job. But um, her and Damon end up uh, basically killing her husband. Yeah, they tag team him. Because she files for divorce because Matt Damon's like, you know, I'll take care of you, whatever. Like, she doesn't want to do it. She thinks her husband will kill her. But he's like, no, I'll protect you. And then her husband shows up when she's getting her stuff and tries to kill her. And instead, uh, they beat him to death with a baseball bat. Yeah, well, he beat her with a baseball bat all the time because he was a fucking softball player who apparently loved using this baseball bat. Yeah. Just another cartoonishly evil fucking person. Uh, and, yeah, he, he... I mean, this is one of the best fucking room rippings I've seen since maybe uh, Citizen Kane. Yeah, that, this was a really yeah. good scene. He fucking tears this house apart like a fucking animal. He threw a... He pulled a refrigerator out of the wall and threw it on top of Matt Damon. He pulled the cabinet out of the wall. Yeah. It was it was insane. Like the not I'm not talking about like a fucking like freestanding pantry. I mean the hanging cabinets. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> he pulled those drywall screws right out and yeah, threw it at, at him and and Matt Damon came with a gun for whatever fucking reason. Because he wanted to shoot the asshole. I mean Yeah, I he think he up. I think he wanted him to show up. Oh, yeah, he said that. She said he's going to come after you. He was like, I hope he does. Yeah. I think he meant that. So the guy, it's self-defense because they're fighting and everything, and the guy ends up getting his gun. Damon mm-hmm. gets his bat, and he pulls the gun up to shoot him, and Matt Damon hits him in the head. And that's, <laughs> I, like, it's an R-rated movie, but I was still impressed that in a, a legal drama, they took the time to get that blood splatter just oh, yeah. right against the wall. You, you don't, you could easily not notice it. But being a connoisseur of special effects and stuff like that, I noticed it was, you know, bang, it was right against the wall. Uh, but he was still alive. He was still moving. And Claire Danes is like, leave. You were never here. Right. And then. I'm, I'm thinking, like, okay, so what's going to happen? And then as he closes the door, we just hear swinging. Yeah. She just finished him off. <laughs> so, I mean, I'm amazed. They, they said they're, they weren't going to prosecute her because he was already beat. And then she fucking probably caved his head in. Yeah. I mean, that doesn't seem like self-defense when, when it's that much. Well, so... They could explain it as in, like, a lot of some of his injuries came from himself, like, ripping the the house apart and everything. But I could see it. I think in real life, it's, it's, I mean, maybe there's like a 50-50 chance, but I think in real life, it's, it's definitely possible they wouldn't prosecute, given the fact that she was recently in the hospital for injuries caused by him horrific injuries yeah. caused by him. He hit her in the back. She has those fresh injuries on her. 
the state of the house, which it's clear he did because she, she couldn't have done she that. She couldn't have done that. Right. And, and and all that stuff, I think that that would be enough. If a prosecutor really wanted to go after somebody, they might be able to to try a case or whatever. But the prosecutor was probably like, I have all these cases on my desk. This poor woman is not a danger to society. Right. I don't give a fuck. And I mean, I I can really see that happening. Yeah. I guess that makes sense. So do you think him and him and her didn't end up together, though, did they? Yeah, they did. They did. They did. Okay. Yeah, because he he stays with the uh, the old woman. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's so weird. Too. The, his, his his will client, he ends up moving into her house. Yeah, well, to, to a little apartment behind her house. Because mm-hmm. he was living out of his car. Yeah. And the only real the only real flavor we get from her is we find out, or Danny DeVito finds out, that her second husband left her a couple million bucks or something. And through bills, taxes, and some bad investments, he says, uh, it's down to about 40000 which she probably just has stashed under her mattress or whatever. Her son and daughter-in-law, I believe that's who they were, yeah. came from Florida to visit her and are haranguing her trying to, to you know, like they're trying to get money out of her. Mm-hmm. And he's the one guy's like, oh, you, you lawyer or whatever, uh, you, you changing her will, she changed her will or whatever. And he goes, she's your mom, ask her. And he says, oh, she doesn't say anything. He's like, well, I'm not, I can't say anything either then. Because it's lawyer-client privilege. Right. And she gets this big smile on her face, you know, that he's backing her up and everything. And then he he implies that she's got a lot of money, though. Mm-hmm. And suddenly they're very nice to her. <laughs> but then they, that, that, they're that they only there for that one scene, and then they're gone. Yeah. So it's feels like the movie didn't really need it. No, it was just flavor, like you said. And it would have been nice... If some of the other things in the movie were cut out, or if the movie was, I don't, the the biggest to me the biggest problem with this movie is just the structure of it. It's you you were talking about putting things in a blender earlier, right? It was like somebody took three or four different plots and just put it in a blender and like, yeah. here's the order, here's the screenplay order. It was, it was, I don't want to say it was a complete mess, but it was messy. Yeah, it was, and it was just. Long and boring. And that's the biggest indictment is that for as much that that was going on that should have been interesting, it wasn't. No. So sorry to say with all these wonderful people involved in this movie, it yeah. was kind of a failure in my opinion. But it was kind of a failure. But uh, that is the episode for the week, Carol. Why don't you, uh, I don't know, do what you want to do. <laughs> So you guys can write us at latefee1994awol.com. Yes. Check out our website at www.retrolatefee.com mm-hmm. and share the tapes with your friends. All right, we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.